Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shear. Unfortunately, but one other, another one of the sons came up from Florida and called me. As Yad said, okay, so we arranged. We had a mitzvah in my house, like we have every night. I arranged by Shachas Minyan. I told him tomorrow, it's tonight. Is my grandfather's souls? Yahzeit. He says, Who? The Shaykhit. So anyone growing up in that time, in that era, in the 50s and 60s, knew my grandfather's the Shaykhit. Everybody knew that if he wanted a good a kosher chicken, he went to him for a shkita. He was, in a sense, a true Yerushimayim. And every one of us has a fear of God, has a certain level of Yerushimayim. And there are certain ways we connect ourselves. And we attach ourselves to Hashem. Revolve Kitsis was the Baltakeya by the Vashemtiv. He blew Shafer by the Vashemtiv. One year before Rosh Hashanah, the Bashem Tov called in a wolf, and he taught him all the esoterical, all the machshavas, all the thoughts, and all the holiest of holies that a Baltakeya should think during blowing Shefer. The wolf wrote them all down, but didn't want to miss one out. The Irish to help came out of Rosh Hashanah, Right before Yom Tov, he was preparing his shefa and everything, and he looks, and he's looking, he's looking high and low, and the paper is gone. Can't explain devastation. Can't explain any emotion, for that matter. But the devastation of Revolve Kids at this point is unbelievable. He was shattered. Malasot. He got up there, and he blew shefa with a broken heart, with bitter tears, for he had lost what the Bashem Tov had taught, what the Bashem Tov wanted him to have in mind. Well, after Rosh Hashanah, the wolf approached the Balshem HaKadosh. And he told him, I have to mention, I have to confess my sin to you. I wrote everything down on a paper, I lost the paper, and 
I didn't have any of those machshavas during the blowing of Shefer. Mashevta smiled. Mashevta told him, those hysterical thoughts were the keys to every door in heaven. And by thinking those thoughts, you would have accomplished to unlock each door one at a time. However, a broken heart breaks down every door that can axe. Leaves nothing open. Leaves nothing closed. And therefore, since you blew the broken heart, you accomplished much more and much quicker and much more efficiently. The fact is, you think about it and you understand exactly what the Bashanta was saying. But the main point is how the Bashanta's sensitivity to tell this to the person, to give him to understand how important what he did was. And not that he did a sin, not that he forgot, and not that I taught this to you, and I wanted you to have this in mind, and then you blew it for me, you ruined it for me. I needed this, <coughs> and you let me down. Which would make sense to say, but that was not the words or the way of the Basham HaKadosh. The Zayda Yisrael ben Pinchas Love to sit and learn in every spare moment. In his younger years, before marriage, he was a very big masmid. Once he got married, he had to have parnasa. He was two things: he was a chazan and a sheikhet. When he came to America. people that heard of him or knew of him or heard his voice said he was the second Yosla Rosenblatt had a gorgeous voice no surprise he was an 8th generation Chazan Shara Nagina is right next to Shara Tshuva and I can tell you he was very, very high in Shara Nagina and had no qualm or problem jumping into Shara Tshuva whenever he wanted. And this translated in his Chazanas and his davening, when he davened for the Yomid. You heard the God-fearing person, the Yiddish Shemayim that he was. <laughs> Needless to say, he couldn't just daven in Shtiblach because that wouldn't make a Parnasa. He had to daven in Shuls. And every Shul has a perk. Some have a great rabbi. Some have a great gabai, a shamis. But unfortunately, every Shul also has a minus 
there's always that guy that little should be a good to better the shark sometimes the shark's not a good thing some people like sharks not always is a good thing even if it needs more oxygenation by the off the waters so unfortunately he was subject to the sharks of his shoes and um, his critiques were more than just critics because they wanted to be improve or they wanted to hear something new or something better they just plain had nothing good to say about anything or anyone so he always put up with that going on from shul to shul he didn't go that many shuls he did here in America But his tvilas and the music that he wrote, the chazanas that he wrote, were just something that's... He used to write notes for four-person four choir, four-voice choir. And back in Europe, back in before, war, before the war broke out, he would have a choir of, of I don't know how many people, and he would set them up in his house and he would sit and practice before Hashanah, before Slichus, for in Kippah. Everyone had their notes, exactly what, when, where. Even in his later years, when he suffered a stroke, the doctor said, gave up hope in him. I've told this story before. A few weeks before the stroke, wasn't because he was so unhealthy that he suffered a stroke or overweight, which he was a little bit, but he lost his wife and then his son a week apart. He sat shiva two weeks in a row. Wife was 70 years old. And his son, 38, saying good to betas for the home mishpacha. And that was enough to destroy anybody. But a few weeks before that, my father, Shalom, who also was a chazan, was having problems in his show. <laughs> One of the problems that the guy, this, I don't know if he was a shamis or a gabai or just a nudnik or a board member. One of his problems was he needed my father, he wanted my father to sing a new kale odin. Sin Bichas Krishna everybody that davens in the shul knows what Kehla Dein is and it's always sung in, in shul, every shul my father would switch around different Kehla this guy wanted a new Kehla so my father as I used to do turned to his father and told him Tatar, Davanaya Kehla I need a new Kehla so I remember it like yesterday, sitting there, listening to my grandfather, teaching my father the new Kehladen. My grandfather sang the first half, and he told my father to sing it on the second half, the second stanzas. And as my father was singing it, my grandfather was harmonizing. And the Shatoya, I will confess my sins, I lost it was on a tape, we had it recorded on a tape, and the tape broke, and the tape, and it's lost. Uh, 
beyond precious. So my fa- grandfather suffered the stroke. He was laying in Maimonides Hospital, ICU, and we all had shifts for a few hours to sit with him. I had the merit, the schools, to sit at one to five in the morning. I was a bacha, a single boy, I was in yeshiva, but I had come home because of my grandfather. <clears throat> I was sitting there watching him and looking at him. <coughs> I was devastated. Shattered. It wasn't five. I was 18. I knew him very well. I grew up with him all my life. He was a few blocks away from us. I went every Shabbos to him. Or more than that. More than that. Pesach. Yom Tiv. Always saw him. And he doesn't say, the grandfather, who doesn't love the grandfather. So I was lying there saying to, sitting there saying to him, my grandfather was lying in Nebuch. The doctors gave up total hope on him. I started to hum the tune of the Keladin that my grandfather had taught my father. And as I was humming the tune, he wasn't very fond of my voice. <laughs> my grandfather, my father was ninth generation cousin, but the buck stopped here, I guess. My sons, a few of them have voices, but I'm not the cousin. But I was seeing humming this tune softly, it's in the ICU, the machines in the background. As I'm humming the tune, my grandfather's finger starts to go to the beat, to the rhythm of the tune. No, you're not getting me to sing the tune. And as I'm singing, humming the tune, which today happens to be a very famous Kailodin, by the way, my grandfather's finger is going to the beat. I stopped. And his hand stopped. I thought maybe it's a, something that's happening, convulsing or something. One finger didn't make sense. And this is the finger that he always tapped for the rhythm. We used to sing, he used to make a choir for the concerts. We were his choir later, unfortunately, for him. <laughs> uh, the good old days. And he was putting with his finger. So I ran out and I called the doctor. I found the doctor, I called him, I said, you must come see this. He's moving. The doctor said, you're imagining, because he's totally paralyzed. Said, I'm telling you, the van is moving. Come watch. Doctor came in. This is nothing happening. I said, "Wait, watch." I started to sing. The doctor also started convulsing from that. No, I started to sing, and he sees my grandfather's finger going to the rhythm, going to the beat. Huh? Huh? Yeah going to the beat and the doctor was shocked he was shocked it's not possible it's not possible so it's possible not possible 
Showing it. I'll stop. Don't do it again. Anyway, P.S. The beat, the hand, the chillin. And my grandfather not only recuperated, not only came home, Baruch Hashem, my grandfather went to shul and said, Slichestel, by the Amit. My cousins, my son has recordings of that Slichest. So far he recuperated from that stroke, which everybody gave up total hope on him. Teaches you, shows you the determination that this man had, the devotion, the dedication that he had to Yiddishkeit, and what kind of God-fearing person he was. And therefore, people knew when you wanted a proper shkita, there was a Rabbi Yisrael that you went to. <laughs> and so tonight is Yerzeit, it's like the Chaim. Shamash Havan Aliyah, it should be a good better for all of us. All his children that need whatever, well, his children, unfortunately, there's only one left. His grandchildren, his great great grandchildren, his great grandchildren. Shall have Rafuas and Yeshuas, Shadduchim, Barnasa, Barchova. And we should all be, make him proud. We should all stand in his stead. And as he looks down at us in Ghan- from Ganeden, say, Ah, Reubanam Gidalti, look at the children and grandchildren that I raised and I brought up. And we find the heritage, hereditary, or the continuity of a person's sincerity, mission, and devotions and dedications to God in this week's Pasha. Pasha's Pinchas. Zaydi was Yisrael ben Pinchas. His father's name was Pinchas. This week's Pasha Pinchas is always read during the three weeks and as we said, we usually try during the three weeks, the three shiurim, to insert something from Hilchas Beis Habachira, something from the Navi Yecheskel, something from Mishnayis Midois, and something from the Rambam. Literally something, a one sentence thing. Don't get traumatized. Shir is exactly one hour, and that's where we stop. Unfortunately, sometimes the voice runs out. It gets a little shorter than an hour now. Pinchas stood up, as we said last week, and put a stop to a tremendous grievous sin by a Nasi who was living with a non-Jewish princess. He didn't just stand up and say, you better stop, you better get it up, you better break it up. Pinchas put a spear through the two of them. This is known as Kanois. Um, they show you sometimes these uh, fantastic acrobatic tricks and they tell you, don't try this at home. 
this is one of the things that it's a kanai and it would say commendable, but don't try this at home. Don't go putting spears through people. You're not at Pinchas' level, for one. Pinchas had to take the law into his own hands because Moshe couldn't, because Zimri said to Moshe, why do you think that this non-Jewish woman I didn't purify and elevate like you did with your your wife, the daughter of Yisrael. So therefore, as we said last week, Moshe was Negev But we have also a connection this week's Pasha with the Bnei Tzalafchad, the daughters of Tzalafchad, who came to Moshe and said, our father died. He was not killed because of the crowd. He was with Kairach. He hung out with Kairach, but rather he died of his own sin, to prove a point, actually. And now his inheritance needs to be divided. Why should he not have inheritance? To which, Moshe said, I can't tell you Habsak, I can't tell you what to do. Let us ask Hashem, let us all stand and hear what Hashem has to say. Why? Did Moshe not paskin? Because once again, they mentioned Kedach, and that he was not part of that uprising, that revolution. And this was a revolution basically against Moshe Rabbeinu. So therefore, it was showing that, look, he was on your side, Moshe. You better do us a, a solid. So Moshe, in order not to be involved in any kind of bribery or sheikhad, Moshe had to refuse on paskening it. Also, this is why Hashem took away the psak from Moshe. And Moshe had to tell them, let us hear what HaKadosh Baruch has to say. Because of Pinchas' zealot act, HaKadosh Baruch says, Kanez Kinosi, Heishev Eschamosim al Bnei Yisrael, Kanez Kinosi B'Seichon. He retracted my anger from Bnei Yisrael and revenged and avenged my vengeance amongst them. Pinchas actually saw the danger that was pending above the Jewish nation's head. The mixing, the intermarrying between the Jewish nation and the other nations. The sin of taking a daughter of Midian. The grievous sin of taking a non-Jew. And therefore, Pinchas, although technically he was a Kayin, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron a Kayin, son of Elazar of Aaron, son of Aaron, still in all, Pinchas 
took this major measure. Although, as a Kain, Kain we know is Ish Chesed, is a kind person. He was the grandson of Aaron, as we said, was chased peace, loved peace, and still in all. And the reason his father, Allah, didn't do this is because he, one reason it's brought down, because he was the king Godel at this time. And therefore, he was doing the Avedah Besamidash. He didn't see what was going on in the Mishkan. Therefore, he didn't see what was going on. But the truth to be told, Allah also had the same problem as Mesha, because he too married the daughter of Yisrael. Which again involves so much how does a Kayan marry, etc., etc. But at that time, the laws were not in that realm, and also the daughters of Yisrael took on a different, uh, different form or whatever, not form, but they were a different level spirituality wise. As far as everybody that came, Jews at the time, close to the Jewish nation. But he stood up himself and he killed Zimri and the Isha Medjanus. This act put a stop to a plague. A plague amongst the Jews. And replaced this havoc and this turmoil with peace. Mm-hmm. Peace between B'nai Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and their Creator. And therefore the reward that he received for this <coughs> Pasek says I'm giving him my pact of peace. So in essence this murder that Pinchas committed brought about peace. We said before that Pashas Pinchas always read Ben Amtzadim in the three weeks. And there's a special connection between the two, besides the Haftarah that we read. But the Haftarah has to be part of the Pasha, so the Pasha has to have something in it that would also have about the three weeks. The exile the destruction all began with a parza, a breaking through of the walls of Yisrael. The wall that separates between the Jewish nation and the others. In the beginning of these days, Ben Amtsarin, mm-hmm. from Shiva Asa Thomas, the 17th of Thomas, where the day that the walls were broken through, and thereby came about the ultimate exile of going into Golas. Just like Pinchas successfully restored peace between HaKadosh Baruch Hu, our Creator, and the Jewish nation, 
even after the breaking of the tremendous grievous sin of breaking a law a principle of the sin with the daughters of Midian so too we are given that same strength that same capacity and capability to bring true peace and to redeem us and to reveal the true redemption that we are awaiting that happened Dafke within the actual destruction may it be the redemption Amen King Yerotsin today in the days of the Tzadis and the Churban the destruction the light of redemption was hidden and they looked like very difficult times very painful times days that literally began the whole era of Golos of exile but within them in the deep, as deepest parts in the depth of depth the essence was good and the nature of good to improve we need to say that even though it's happened we had the destruction within that as well there was good not just maybe good perhaps good but true good true through and through and the good that comes out of this golos obviously is the Gula the ultimate redemption When the Gula comes, we will see the revelation of the good will be so great, so high, so elevated, so spiritual. It will be recognized, it will be tangible all the goodness and all the kindness and how it was all for us and how it was worth what we went through in all the tsar and all the churban because of the goodness that came out right now this is all happening above from the moment of the destruction of the temple till today this all this greatness and goodness is being amassed up above in heavens. However, unfortunately, until now, he was not able to come down into this physical world. 
the world is not yet prepared, not yet ready to get and to bask in the amount of goodness that there is waiting for us. And therefore we have the preparation of the days of Benam and Sarim, three weeks, 21 days, not 21 days. The emphasis here is on three, three weeks, which implies the third Beis HaMikdash. Which the third Beis HaMikdash would be the Geula HaShtema, which is hidden within the dem- this whole d- destruction. The redemption, the Geula, is in our hands. And this is compared to a pile, to a, a treasure of stones, beautiful, precious, semi-precious stones, which are locked up in a beautiful, in a beautiful box. But the key is in our hands. Mm-hmm. Each and every Jew has the capacity and the strength to amass, to be able to put together and to bring out this key and to reveal and open up and reveal all the goodness and the kindness that is in the treasure thereby also telling us showing us the greatness of what is in store for us although we are suffering so badly although we are being subjected to and going through everything that we are going through although we are hurting and we are in pain in pain that is indescribable the yearning for God a pain that is indescribable as we don't have the revelations that we need of godliness but each and every Jew has that capacity through the Sur Merah turning away from the evil and the bad closing up the gap and the lack of which spirituality is lacking today by adding Teira and Kedusha we are, will merit to the ultimate revelation of all good and the ultimate redemption because of Mamish. Trivial ways. Beyond our understanding how we could bring about we, each and every one of us could be that one to tip the scale to do that mitzvah that will tip the scale and bring Mashiach. It could be by forgiving someone that, that hurt you. Forgiving alone. By for, just being nice and kind to somebody, a total, complete stranger. It could be by so many different mitzvahs that a person could do. Unfortunately, yesterday, somebody, we don't know who it was, I don't know who it was, had one daughter and passed away. And they had him in a morgue in the hospital. A Jewish man. So they called an organization, which I know my son is involved in, because I know for my son this happened. 
this is before 6 o'clock in the morning, he called me to tell me this, how he came into the hospital, and he was walking down the corridor, and there was the daughter, standing there totally forlorn, forsaken, confused, not knowing what's supposed to happen, what's supposed to be done. I don't know if it was in the morgue, in his room, I don't know where it was. And she sees him come out to the floor, and she screams out, He's here! He's here! She had no idea who my son is. Son had no idea who she was, didn't know, doesn't know, will not know. He knows he's the daughter of this man. And he took care of what had to be taken care of, the funeral arrangements, etc. And walked away. A lone soldier. There's no pay involved. It's a mitzvah. One of his pet mitzvahs. Not something he enjoys, but it's a pet mitzvah. May the schus of that bring him all brachas that they could possibly be brought down on a person. May it bring the ultimate schus, the ultimate bracha to each and every one of us. Knowing that there are yidden like him out there, ready to do at all cost of time or strength, whatever it might take. A trivial mitzvah. We look at it and we say, okay, we did the trivial mitzvah. And we go right there. We move on. The Hedek in his times, the poverty was, was horrible. Poverty translates into different things. So one of the things that it took a toll on was the brismila, the circumcision of little boys eight, eight days old, baby boys, People would bring in a meal and everything, do it right, but they wouldn't make a meal. The festive meal of the bris they would not make because... They couldn't afford it, The Chernobylah said, I will not come to a bris if there's no meal. Maybe he liked tuna fish. No, not quite. He would not come if there's no meal. There's no Sudha. The Basayan, his student, was sitting there once, and a man came into him and said, We had a baby boy, Baruch Hashem, and we'd like for the Chernobyl to be the Sandik, to hold the baby during the bris. And Helik Chernobyl said, Will there be a Sudha? And he said, We can't afford one. He says, Then I'm not coming. But we don't have money. He says, Go, you work. He says, Yeah, go to your boss, ask him for an advance, a loan, make a Sudha, and each week pay him back. Take off a little bit from your salary and pay it back. But you have to have a Siddha. <laughs> and he explained. The Yetzirah's name is Samal. Spelled Samach Mem Aleph Lamed. It's an acronym for the word Siem Meseches Ein Lases. By the, when your person 
completes a tractate in the Gemara, the Yetzirah's mainstay goal is to make sure they don't make a meal, a festive meal afterwards. What's the idea of the festive meal, he says? Festive meal shows Akadish Baruch Hu shows all the angels, whether they be prosecuting or they be angels that are on our side, as we say. It shows that Jews enjoy doing a mitzvah, are happy with a mitzvah, and therefore they make a meal, a festive meal. A lavish meal sometimes. So when they finish a mesechta, they finish a tractate, they should make a siyam, and they should make a suda to show everybody how happy they are with what they did. When they finish, when they have a bris milah, they should show how happy they are with the mitzvah bris milah. Parties are nice. We have to know where we draw the line. Weddings do not have to be extravagant. Wedding is a mitzvah for the cousin Kala. They're not pocketing the party. They're not doing. They're not putting out the money for the party. So it's not theirs to this mitzvah that you're counting here. Parents are very happy to marry off their children, especially in today's day and age. Every shidduch is a kriyas yamsuf plus. Every time there's any any kind of shidduch done, any kind of wedding, it's literally something greater and harder than splitting the Red Sea. And yet, and yet, People tend to make weddings that are a little bit over-extravagant, we say. Weddings may definitely be with the, as we saw, kosher, happy, joyous weddings during the time of, unfortunately, during COVID. Some people felt miserable. They couldn't invite all their friends. They couldn't have everybody. Couldn't really dance. Couldn't really this. Couldn't really that. But you know something? and they're living beautiful lives and they get benched whereas they got married just like the person that spends $150,000 on the wedding their wedding that cost four or $5,000 they're just as married so yes we need to make a meal Yes, we need to show the joy of doing a a mitzvah, but we need to also remember that we don't have to kill people, take them to the poorhouse, things like peer pressure events, especially when it comes to that, basically only talking about weddings. But mitzvahs, also get a lot of hand. It's also a Sudas Mitzvah. Enjoy. Could be. There's always a meal. Wash. 
also does not have to spend fifty thousand dollars. If you have the fifty thousand, give it to tzedakah. There are people that have no bread to eat. Children that have no camps to go to. Women that are looking for fertility. Go on and on. Yeshivas that are struggling paying their teachers. Or yeshivas, they're not struggling paying their teachers because they're not barely paying their teachers. They're barely giving them any kind of a salary. It's called take-home salary because it's all they can do is take it home. There's nothing to do with it. Can't pay a mortgage. Can't pay schalimud. Can't pay food. What's the solution? The teacher should be paid. So if you're giving tzedakah, and you tell a yeshiva, I'm giving this amount so that the teacher gets paid like a mensch. So the teacher gets paid a salary that they can support a family, that they can put food on their table, that they can come home after teaching a day, not necessarily put their feet up, but breathe. And Baruch Hashem, today there are organizations for teachers that help them, they either subsidize or they, in my case, my, my staff, I give for Yomtev staples, whatever it might be. It helps make Yomtev. Do I make Yomtev? Not necessarily. I don't make their entire Yomtev, but it put a big dent in their financial issues let's go back to Pinchas focusing on Pinchas' mitzvah which he did as a zealot he did with full force with full strength with no trepidation and no hesitation and therefore as we said before Shekinah Lelikov but Vayichaper Abnei Yisrael Forgave you. Says the Sifri, also another commentary on Teda, Ad Achshav, till now lays us, but he moved, El Eimed, Mechaper, Ad Sheyichyu Hamesim. Then, forgive, till they literally come back to life. Surviving, keeping people alive. What is different? The sin of the Balpa'er that Pinchas needed to stand up to forgive on it all the generations. And this Kapara does not become complete until, as we said, until the dead stand up. What is actually accomplished, fulfilled by this mission? It's brought down in Svarim. Now, the Rebbe brings down the Kutateta. The sin of Baal Pa'er, or where they sin by the, the idol worship of the Pa'er, 
just like physically, the sin of Baal Pe'er was Pe'erin, Chuli, Metzien Rei, just broke through, they were just way about, way beyond. They did an actual Aveda. When a person does an actual sin, goes out to do the sin, embarrasses somebody in public, speaks Lashon Hara about a person, they're doing something. It does not be physical, taking and breaking a window on Shabbat, breaking something, lighting a fire on Shabbos. Simply doing and talking, talking is an Aveda enough to consider an Aveda. And this disqualifies physically same way also the Balper, the sin of the Balper did this effect spiritually pleasures, worldly pleasures generally are considered like, like the, the peels of something shells And since a person is creating here from the outside, from these pieces of of peels, or whatever you might call them, of the pleasures, spiritual worlds above, so when a person devotes and dedicates to these psalis, and therefore they look away from the spiritual part behind it. They take the physical and they take this and they take from the worst part of the physical. It becomes attached to them. And this becomes like a sin. And this is like the Balpair, the spiritual Balpair. <clears throat> Since this is a sin that could happen in every generation, not only by the Balpair, the idol called Pair. But this can happen to each and every generation. Therefore, Pinchas had to stand up and give a koyach, a strength, for us to overcome this sin, all the generations to come, until Mashiach's arrival. However, when the, the resurrection of the dead comes about, when this Tchias HaMesim, then we see that the whole world was nothing. It was not a Metzius Chasashalom separate from God, not a separate entity. They're all one and they're all nullified before God. And therefore, it's totally out of the question to God forbid involve ourselves in any of the spiritual, in the, any other the physical pleasures of worldly pleasures. We need to devote ourselves totally and dedicate, totally and then the total dedication and devotion to the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and only with his Teda and Mitzvahs and then we see at that point we too will nullify and the Baal in our lives and thereby bring about the total forgiveness and Kapara Yecheskel, the Novi, had a vision. 
HaKadosh Baruch saw the Jewish nation was falling into despair. This is quite a while since the destruction of the temple and the Jews are not doing well. So HaKadosh Baruch sends an angel to guide to be the guide for Yecheskel show him the third Beis HaMikdash the third temple and he tells him very clearly pay attention now there's different ways of telling somebody pay attention you can tell a person hey 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 this is what I'm telling you. You can tell a person, if you want to know what I'm saying, you better listen properly. From the beginning till the end. This Malach, he doesn't call him a Malach, he calls him a Ish, because he was in the form of human being. And the Malach spoke to him and said, Ben Adam, son of man. And we speak about this almost every year because how relevant it is to each and every one of us. It was not a demeaning title with which the Malach was calling him. It was a lesson within itself. Ben Adam, you are the son of man. And just like Adam Rishon was created pure with purity and only after the other obstacles that came about the other obstacles that came about only then only then was he able to understand and grasp as Ben Adam that he is a person and that he is able to relate as a creation of Hashem only as the other Manishan understood and saw what his mission was in this world was he able to understand and grasp what he had to do but the Malach tells him see with your eyes everyone has to know the eyes are for seeing and we need to see and look at only the purest of things. So the one way he tells them that you need to pay attention is by seeing with your eyes. Then he says, And with your ears you have to hear. That's the way everybody knows when you want to hear something, you hear through your ears. Seeing is believing, hearing is a little less of a level. But a person needs to hear it through the years, and again he's telling him, 
when it comes to something, to listen to something, Ben Adam, remember you need to be the son of Adam, with only purity, and only listen to the purest things, only hear the purest things. And the sim libcha, and put to your heart, take to your heart. And that too is a mission in its own right, how the person needs to take to their heart the purest and the holiest of the mitzvahs. In Mesechtas Midas, we learn about the Kahanim and the Levim had to watch over the Beis Hamikdash. We asked the question, of course, why did the Beis Hamikdash need actual guards, actual shemlin? And the answer is out of covid, out of respect, out of honor, honoring the house of God. Therefore, there was the mission of the guards to watch the Beis Hamikdash. Everyone had his post, had to make sure they stood at their post and did not move from their post. And if they did, God forbid, we understand, we know the stories, what happened to the Levi. The Rambam talks about in Hilda's Beis Abichira, the Meneda, and its Kalim, the Shulchan, and its Kalim, the Zbeach HaKtedes, and all the vessels that were needed for that, It's made only from a metal, a precious metal. Cannot be made from stone, wood, or glass. And the precious metal, according to the capacity of the Jewish nation's financial capacity, gold, silver, or copper, may we see in a golden fashion the ultimate Geula Mitz Vashlema Ayidei Mashiach Tzidkenu this very Shabbos of the first Shabbos of the three weeks of the Ben Hamitzarim and Yehavku Yameil Lesasen and the Simcha, the Shua or the Chama, the Gula Mitzvah Vashlema, the Karev Mamish with the Rebbe Nesi the Reino Bereshenu. Good Shabbos to all.